Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brothers. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our preview of UFC 283 live from Rio de Janeiro. Headlined by Glover Teixeira versus Jamahal Hill for the vacant light heavyweight title. Co-main event has Deverson Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno unifying the flyweight titles. And Tom is the UFC's first return to Brazil in a few years. Do you remember what was the main event of the last time they were in Brazil? Wow, that's uh, testing my testing my knowledge. It was a surprise question for me there, Joe. I got to say, in my prep for that, I I, I don't remember. I know Burns was on it. Burns but... was on it. He beat Damien Meyer. Yeah. Um, the main event was Charles Oliveira versus Kevin Lee in a empty arena in Brazil as COVID had just hit. And the UFC were just going to power on through from that. What a different different era. Charles Oliveira, streaking contender. And where does Kevin Lee fit into all this? That's right in the PFL now. Um, yes, quite quite the turn. But, Tom, we'll get to this main card in just a moment. We're just going to briefly reference that we will, listeners, get to the biggest news story of the year, which is uh, not the debut of the Power Slap League, but is Francis Ngannou leaving the UFC and a heavyweight title match being set up not involving him um i'm just going to put it out there tom hold on a morning brother like the sad end to francis's run in the ufc uh we'll break yeah. down the details later but what's your initial gut reaction to that well just my worst worst fears confirmed joe mm. um i feel like my cat has just died <laughs> Wow. Uh, because Francis Ngannou was a real credit to the sport. Fantastic, yep. amazing, uh, engaging personality with just an unbelievable movie-worthy backstory. Yeah. Uh, a man who truly overcame it all, but he couldn't beat the UFC. We'll get into that later. But Tom, we're going to break down UFC 283 first. Listeners, me and Tom are going to make predictions for the main card fight, starting at the main event. We're going to pick a fighter for each fight that we think is going to win. If we get that correct, that's one point. And we're also going to choose the method as well. That gives us two points. Ten points on offer overall. Joe, tell them who the champ is. Who the you champ, Joe? You are the current champ for, at this moment. I don't know if you're going to be like that on Sunday when we finally uh, find out who will be the champ from there. I'm just going to say, Tom... Right off the bat, it's the first card of the year. I'm going wild, okay? Let me tell you, I'm, I'm swinging. I'm, going, I'm doing some wild stuff, just, just for the hell of it, okay? I'm not going Jose Mourinho just yet. Sounds okay. like desperation tactics to me, Joe. No, no, no. It, it almost doesn't count, this card. This, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, let's start with the main event, Tom. Um, as I've said to you before, I'm neither under or over. I'm perfectly whelmed by this uh, main event. And... Tom, g- give me something. Give me something to get really excited about with this matchup, if you've got that within you. I have, Joe, because I just need to go back to last year and watched Glover Teixeira's last fight. An absolute barn burner, I believe, winner of fight of the year. Yeah. Uh, according to the official Hold On I'm Talking Brother Awards, incredible stuff. Glover looked phenomenal. Um, yeah. Just minutes away from from winning, reaffirming his place as the oldest champ in the UFC. And now he's back. And he's facing another young buck on a hot streak of his own. 
Jamahal Hill, a man with quite the highlight reel behind him. Thiago Santos, Johnny Walker and Jimmy Crew all succumbed to knockout finishes. This is a good fight, Joe. Is this a good fight, you reckon? Oh, my word. Oh, fair play. Fair play. I would describe it as... <sighs> it's it's the best they can do with what they've got. Like, it's not, it's not the fight that I would necess- necessarily want to see. Obviously, Jamahal Hill is ranked number seven, currently at light heavyweight, whereas Glover is uh, ranked at second. Um, I, I think it's fair to say this is not the fight that we necessarily wanted here. But it's the one that we've got. And I was going through it. And it is a classic striker versus wrestler matchup. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, certainly. If you look at the track record of these guys, how they like to to fight and their past the victory, it seems like the definitive matchup. Of course, you've got the American boxer, the striker versus the wily old vet yes. with a... The anaconda choke. Yeah. Um, the thing with uh, Glover compared to like Jamahal is that Jamahal's got like on the feet and maybe overall he has like more things he can do. But Glover does like four things, but he does them really well. You know, he's got the left hook. He's got the left hook right uppercut combo. He's got like the flurry where he pushes you back to get to a single leg along the fence. Beautiful. He's got vicious ground and pound. Like his ground and pound is some of the like the most disgusting in the UFC. And he's a strong back taker as well. Like if there's any hint of taking the back, he'll take it. And he's really good at just like wearing you down. Whereas Hill, as you said, he's more in that boxing striking style, long range striking, long stance, switches stances as well, and he's got power out of both hands, meaning that like if you try and charge in, he has got that check hook off both sides that he's going to catch you he has more combinations and having rewatched a couple of his fights this past week he's a very good finisher good flurry finisher he follows you down doesn't give you that space you saw it in the Thiago Santos finish where he rocked him and then it was just absolutely all over him like butter on toast he was all over pure poor Thiago Santos I will say though it's a very clear flaw, but if Jamahal win- wins this title match, he might be the most lopsided champion in terms of skill set. Well, I don't know if you could say that, Joe, if he overcomes Glover Teixeira, a master of those skills that he's he's lacking. I mean, I don't know if you come through a challenge like Glover and walk through the fire, which I think he's going to need to do, and, and still have that uh, levied against you, this, this gaping hole in your skill set. Unlike, for example, our current middleweight champion, who managed to fight another striker in a kickboxing mm. matchup, um, fellow Brazilian Poetan Pereira. Um, mm. Now, look, Joe. I think this is. Uh, I think this is an interesting fight. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, he's not quite there, Hill. He's not bona fide no. contender, um, but he's the best they've got. Now, what he says. When he's talking about his main strength, where he beats Glover, is he says it's in his mindset. Oh, and I don't know if you caught his uh, his interview, you know, the UFC interviews before the fight. He was saying that um, his main frustration when talking about this mindset is he can't show you, he can't show you inside his brain because he sees things 
he's got a, an extra sense the rest of us don't have in the okay. way that he's able to to measure the distance, see things coming, and adjust much faster than his opponents. And he feels like he's demonstrated that with those finishes in his recent three fights. Um, so it's, it's his vision that he says is the... This reading of the game is what is, is well, he, his greatest strength. Yeah, he, he, he used the, the phrase his strength of mind, his mindset. Um, mm. But then when describing it, he went on to talk about just the, the, what he sees. He sees everything. Mm. Um, but you only have to go back to June of 2021. Yeah, I was about to say, I know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't see Paul the Bear Jew Craig coming in to pull guard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which, Joe, let me tell you, I watched one minute of Paul Craig and I see that coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jamahal Hill, he couldn't get out of the way. He got lured into that game and, wow, he was finished brutally yeah. by Paul Craig. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a... It's, it's a finish that, like, I almost feel like, why don't more grapplers go for it when they got, like, that triangle? It was just, like, just going to, like, play your head like the bongo. Like, it's just... Like, it was just... Just beating him up. Well, um, it did help that he had already, I believe, he'd broken his his arm. No? He snapped uh, snapped the arm out of place. Yeah. Good lord. It, apparently, it was a very clean break because they went out clubbing together that very uh, same night. So, uh, yeah. And apparently, Jamahal and Paul Craig are quite good friends now, which is uh, it's nice to see, isn't it? Uh, I hope Jamahal has been training with Paul Craig for this fight, by the way, because actually, if you look at Paul Craig's matchup, Jamahal would be quite a good uh, training partner for him, uh, considering he is facing Johnny Walker. Um. Yeah, I think that this is. I think if Jamahal goes into that fire, um, I don't see him coming out of it. Like, I think if it goes into that round with Glover, and he gets out that first round, I think Glover is going to be fired up, ready to go. And it's a difference between being taken down by Tiago Santos, and there's a difference between t- and Glover Teixeira. I think that's fair to say. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that because, of course, the. Um... The riposte to the criticism we, we levied at, at Hill there in that loss to Paul Craig would be the fact he had to struggle against Thiago Santos. You know, it mm. was wrestling. His, his tank was drained. You know, he worked. He got hit. Yeah. Uh, he was he was in, you know, a difficult place at times in that fight. But by the time the fourth round came around, he still had that power. He still had that poise yeah. to put Thiago away when the opportunity came. For sure. But you, you, think, it's, you think it's different. Three rounds with Glover... It's another level to Thiago Santos. Yeah, well, particularly five rounds with Glover. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a different level for sure. I'm going to ask this question now about Glover. Uh, he said that he wanted to fight Yuri and then retire. Uh, he's now said he's fighting for this and he's not going to retire. Let's say Glover wins. Crowd's cheering. He's in. He's in Brazil. He's he's home. He's putting the gloves down, isn't he? He's just like, thanks, lads, but I'll, I'll see you later. Or do you think he waits for that Prohashka rematch? I think there is the competitor in him. You know, there must be for him to have achieved what he's achieved at his age. You know, the endurance of his career. years old, yeah. It's incredible. And and he looks so good in that yeah. Prohashka fight. There must be an element of him wanting to put himself, uh, you know, further entrench his position in the kind of uh, pantheon of, of light heavyweight greats. Mm. Certainly beating Yuri Prohashka in a rematch would do that. Um, so I'm not... Totally convinced he'll retire, but one, you know, logically has to say that he should. But that same logic wouldn't have seen him become mm. the light heavyweight champion at his age. So I've also got to credit Glover for one of his like secret weapons in a way, which is his cardio. 
Like he just endlessly goes, like grinding the whole way. Well, he's like a diesel engine, you know. He's just he's chugging away. <laughs> he's, he's chugging. There's no like big explosions, you know, but there's a constant grind. Yeah, yeah. He and it really, it is hard to like put him away in that. Way. Like I remember the Anthony Smith one where he just pulverized him later in that fight. I think it was the third and the fourth where he really just sapped him of anything and he got um, finished in the fifth. Um, and I think that could be on the cards here. Tom, should we lay our predictions out for the listeners? Tom, what have you gone for? Well, it was hard to disguise it, Joe. I just, I can't look past that, that loss to Paul Craig. It was very recent. It's very proximate. And you're going to be facing that and so much more against Clover Teixeira. So I pick Clover to win by sub. I see a choke. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Back take, RNC. Yeah. I see dogged, dogged chugging of that diesel engine and slowly but surely Jamaha Hill getting smothered. Yeah. Also, Glover, if you want to, like, you can almost time it. it. It takes about a minute for him to do that flurry to get you on back into the cage and go for that single leg. It takes about a minute or so. Tom, I have gone for a Jamahal Hill win by knockout. Uh, I thought I would just uh, do something a bit wild and crazy here. So much so that you've actually, your eyes are bugging out here. <laughs> uh, why not? I thought. Power out of both hands. Could catch Glover coming in, rocking. Glover has been rocked many a time. Let's not pretend... Joe, like that's part of the game plan. You don't <laughs> understand. You don't understand. That Paul Craig game plan that he's got going of knock me down and see what happens. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought, why not? Just go for a Jamal Hill knockout win. Be the funniest outcome. Uh, so I thought I'd go with that. That would be a tragic outcome. I can't <laughs> believe what you're saying. Here. Glover getting knocked out in front of his home fans by a man who's never left America. This is like yeah. when Stipe beat Vadum. But, you know, obviously not as good as those two. Yeah, but Vadum is... He's not held by the fan base in the same... In the same. What? No, Vadum is better than Glover ever was. Come on. Vadum. He beat Kane. He beat, yeah, but, he beat Joe, think about the Think about the way he fell off. Yeah, look at how Glover's going to fall off this Saturday. Like when Jamahal Hill knocks him <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But what are you know. doing? All right, never mind. Listen, listeners, let's move on to the co-main event. One more time. Deverson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno for a fourth time. Tom is not in the mood for this. Let me tell you, Tom. I think it's, I think it's going to be a cracker, this fight right here. Why aren't you into this? Is it just because we've... It, we, you want to see Figgy fight someone else. This is the first time in the UFC someone's had to fight the same guy four times in a row. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just protesting. I've had enough. There are other flyweights coming through. Uh, there are other matchups Pantosia, to be made. Pantoja, baby. Pantoja has been waiting in the wings for, for, for a long, a long time. And uh, I just think they're holding up the division. I don't know what the UFC is is doing. Uh, I just don't find it a compelling, a compelling matchup. I don't think the two of them together are pushing each other in the same way. As if, like, let's say they had been matched up with other opponents. They had both kind of, you know, Robert Wicker and Adesanya or right. DC and John Jones. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Right. Want to see it. But I just don't think that they've asserted themselves in the division like that. Is it also, I mean, it's for the first time they fought was December 2020. And it's like, yeah, it's taken a lot out of Figueredo's career now that he's 35 years old at flyweight. And it's like we've kind of had to watch the last couple of years of him just fighting the same guy over and over again. Admittedly, losing the second one, winning the third one. 
Um, that third fight was, was very interesting, I must say, because Moreno caught Figueredo a number of times and he sort of like rattled him, but he never knocked him down. Whereas Figueredo knocked Moreno down three times. That's something that I think Figueredo really does have is that just pure knockout power, pure stopping you power that just would not translate to 135. You know, I think a 130 division would be perfect for him. But like, you know, he needs to be the weight bully, basically, if he's going to succeed in the UFC. And he has done it. Keeps making weight somehow. And if he has to do it once every six months instead of once every three or four months, I can live with that. Because I find him just such an exciting fighter. I want to know if he's going to make that adjustment to that third fight and continue that game plan of just being totally on the outside with the low leg kicks and then just waiting for Moreno to come charging in to get him with those counters from there. Because if Figueredo does that, I think we've seen where his game plan is and what it's evolved to. And I don't think we're going to see anything new from that. It's whether Moreno can adjust to that because he is the younger man. He is willing to get in there and brawl and exchange and has also shown some development to his game. I kind of agree with you in that initially right now I'm not that excited for it. But I know that when it's actually happening and once it starts cooking, it's going to be a cracker. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a fair fair summary of it. I mean, the only fight we can draw attention to um, is the win for Moreno over Kaikara France, a man who also carries uh, a knockout threat, we can say at flyweight, although he doesn't have mm. the same weight advantage that or size advantage that Figueredo seems to have. Mm. Um, he's still a man who looks for that, for that one shot. Uh, I thought Moreno looked good in that fight. Uh, a lot of people were very excited about his performance, obviously winning with the with the liver kick in the end. Uh, I, however, felt that Kai Kara France was growing into that fight. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think without that liver kick, which you have to credit it, it's a it's a yeah, it's a great shot. Um, mm. I th- I think he was finding find, I think he was finding the timing and he was starting to hurt Moreno. Um, so I'm not sure I give it the same credit that, that others might. And I don't know if I would say that I see necessarily him papering over the cracks that Figueredo was able to exploit in their last matchup, i.e. that, yes, he has the volume, but he does have to come into the inside and he will be hit. Mm. And you you can't afford to get hit uh, in this matchup, as we've seen, because that's how you lose the fight on damage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that is what won Figueredo that third matchup was the knockdowns. Yeah. Twice. Rightly so. Rightly yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. That's that's absolutely fair enough. I mean, if you look at their stats as well, I mean, Moreno lands at 3.58 and absorbs at 3.33 and Figueredo lands at 3.27 and absorbs 3.53. So it's, you know, slight differential whatever, but slight, but it's a striking accuracy that really gets me, which is Moreno lands at 39%, which is pretty low, and then Figueredo's landing at 55%, which is just about the average, just slightly above it. And I think that's going to be a bit of an issue for Moreno, is that like he does throw these long flurries and long combinations, but ultimately I think that's probably going to draw him into Figueredo's plan and trap to get him out of there. Um... And hence why, Tom, I've gone for a Figueredo decision win. Yeah, you called it, Joe. Uh, I've got Figueredo by decision as well. Um, we know that Brandon Moreno is hella tough. Yes. <laughs> I, I like God-tier uh, endurance, stamina. 
as tough yeah. as a two dollar steak. You know, truly, is, tr- yeah. truly, he is. Um, I hope Figueroa wins. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope he wins. I hope. That, like, please, not a Moreno win. The, w- like, l- let me ask you this, Joe. If Moreno beats Figueroa here <laughs> by a close by a close decision, are you telling me that Moreno has won their their duel? He's the better fighter. I mean, it's that first one, isn't it? Because if that didn't, if they didn't get the Figueroa won that first fight. He won the first fight. I don't know, man. But technically, Moreno would be two one up. Two one and one, yeah. I uh, that's what I'm saying. On paper, that's how it would be. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be happy with that personally. And so, if if there's a substantial part of the fan base who are not happy, Joe, what are you going to do with these guys? No, move on. They have please, to move please. On. Yeah, they have to move on regardless. Um, are you saying that you're you'd be unhappy just because of that first fight, because of that points deduction, that this quadrilogy should not have happened? No, no, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Um, I don't think, like, if it hadn't been a tie, they wouldn't have made the rematch immediately, and we would have got more what I wanted to see. I think Moreno would have stayed in the title picture, and the rematch yeah. would have been built up that bit more. Yeah. Um, I, I know what you mean. It's like, give me two well-built title fights instead of four. Well, I guess we just have to. There's no rush, Joe. There's no rush. Their their fan Moreno's base. Young. They, Moreno's young. They could young. grow. He, they could build. Imagine this was the second, and Moreno had gone out there and won three fights in a row, and Figueroa had defended against Kai Kara France, and I don't know, Askarov, if he was when he was still in the division. You'd be like, wow, okay, these two are on like a collision course, like Whitaker and Adesanya, like Jones and DC. Now, in cage wise. I think this series is as good as anything you get in the UFC in terms of title fights. Just narratively, it's just not quite there, is it? Yeah, and that also is because of the the language barrier, the bizarre persona that uh, Figueredo tries to adopt to to sell the fights. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I won't. And be... also, Moreno is such a nerd. Yeah. He's such a nerd that it's like it's almost off-putting. I mean, I like, I like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be inundated with hate mail here. I do like Brandon Moreno. Um, yeah. He is a wholesome character, and I'm, I'm glad he's, he's, you know, made himself off the back of these fights. I just, I just want something else, please. All I want for Christmas in 2023 is another flyweight uh, title fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the featured fight on this card: Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. Magny. Uh, had an interesting uh, 2022, had the defeat to Shavkat Rachmanov, but then comes back later in the year to defeat D-Rod Daniel Rodriguez with an excellent finish. I was actually quite surprised that Magny got that done. But he faces Gilbert Burns, who, let's be honest, he's more Rachmanov than he is Rodriguez when it comes to quality. Um, Magny, you know, he kind of gets the tag of the gatekeeper. Uh, do you think he can break through the next gate? You know, the next next level of hell that you need to go through to get to the top of the division? Because a win over Gilbert Burns is major. Um, it's whether he can match up with him somewhere in this fight. Because, honestly, on the ground, there's no comparison. Gilbert, Bur- Gilbert Burns would smokes him there. It's on the feet. Is Magny going to be able to use that range to catch Burns when he comes blitzing in? Tom shakes his head. 
No, I, I'm sorry, Joe. I, I just can't. I can't, I can't see it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I want to sell the fight. I want to sell the intrigue, but um, no, we yeah. don't have. We don't have to sell this fight. I mean, my, well, no, but I want to get behind it. I want to be excited for it. And mm. of course, these are two vets, two two high quality guys. But um, yeah, the gate that Magni is guarding, Gilbert's. He, he's way through that gate, Joe. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's he's around the corner. You know, he's he's on the way to Mordor. <laughs> and Magni, he's still watching that gate from um, from the Shire. Yeah. So uh, I I understand Gilbert Burns' frustration about this matchup. It's not the fight he wanted. He it doesn't feel like... Fight. It should have been Masvidal. It should have been Masvidal. Yeah. Um, um, I, I want to just address one other comment that Gilbert made, uh, and that was his frustration again about the ranking system and Bilal Muhammad after his win over Sean Brady. He surpassed... Uh, Gilbert Burns now. Just a quick take from you on that one. Is is Gilbert... Gilbert's last fight was a loss to Hamza Chimaev and he hasn't been as active. So I'm fine with it. If Burns wins, I would... Where's Bilal in the rankings? So we got Bilal... Yeah, no, we got Hamza at three, Colby and Usman above him. Of course, the champ, Leon Edwards. Yeah, no comment on that. But Bilal, he sat at fourth with Burns at five. Ah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, I think... Gilbert you know the one particular... we need to get out of there is Colby. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, mate? Like, yeah. he's fought Masvidal, and that's it. And Masvidal's nowhere near up there, is he? Where's Where's Masvidal now? Is he what, like nine? Eleven. Eleven. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Yeah, right, so... Should we just go on? Sorry. Well, no. It's main. It's mainly that Burns was particularly unhappy because he he says that Palal doesn't want to fight him. <laughs> yeah. Probably and that not. would have been that would have been a great that would have been a great fight. Uh, I'm not going to say much more about this other than that I think Burns will, will win this fight. Yes, yeah, same. Uh, I, I just don't really see a path to victory for Magni. Now, I'm setting myself up to be, to be humbled. Yeah. Magni has shown greatness uh, in moments, but not against guys like Gilbert Burns. No. Uh, Burns by submission for me. Uh, I think his wrestling is actually pretty good. Like, and I think it's good enough to get Magni to the ground. And I think his striking... Is potent enough as well. Get him down there. I would expect Burns. Burns will be looking for that finish as well in Brazil. He'll want that reaction and moment uh, that was, um, yeah, taken from him obviously due to COVID. Um, so yeah, Burns by submission for me, Tom. Yeah. Now Burns, he likes he likes an armbar, especially off the mat, and mm. um, yeah, he's added some potency on the feet. He's he's got the hands, but it's all about the grappling exchanges, really. Mm. Uh, and and Magni, he's normally been exploited. He's been choked out. Um, you know, obviously with that kind of those long limbs, with that range, he could he could get trapped. It could be a submission, uh, but I I see it going for a decision for for Gilbert Burns. Fair enough. Uh, next fight on this card we've got Jessica Andrade versus Lauren Murphy Andrade moving back up to flyweight for this fight she just seems to be floating between flyweight and strawweight I quite like that personally I like that she's just competing because she is without a doubt one of the most fun fighters in the uh, women's side of MMA Uh, she faces Lauren Murphy who I'll be honest I actually think is a tad underrated I think she gets a lot of crap because you know her style is not the most exciting. She's maybe not the most glamorous woman we've ever seen in women's MMA. And I think that... And also, she had that weird season of The Ultimate Fighter where Eddie Alvarez kept calling her Barb, and she screamed, I'm not Barb, I'm leaving this team. 
which was hilarious. Um, and I think Murphy as well, she's very awkward fighter. She's very, like, you saw it with, like, that Misha Tate fight where she just, like, really was kind of cruising against her and everyone was, like, desperate for Misha Tate to win so she could get a title fight. Um, and she can make people fight an awkward fight. I just think Andrade just has so many weapons and the power in her hands is so much more and her submission game is so much better. Like, that finisher, Lamos, was crazy. That was a crazy finish. Standing up against the cage against a woman that much taller than you. I mean, Jesus Christ, that was incredible. Um, Andrade by decision for me. Yeah, uh, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal finish of Lemos. Uh, Didn't perhaps get the credit it deserved. Mm. Um, You know who's much taller than Andrade? Laura Murphy. Um, I I can also see a a finish here. The thing is, Laura Murphy, she's she is tough. You know, outside of that, Valentina. Uh, loss she had back back last year September pretty brutal finish yeah. that one in the fourth September round twenty one yeah September yeah. twenty one sorry yeah we're, we're we're moving on so fast I I just I I just struggle to see her hanging in there with with Jessica Andrade um, I picked Andrade to win by by decision just because it's only three rounds mm. um, that's fair yeah. Yes, uh, also- one 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 co- oh. one comment. Well, one comment on Jessica Andrade is something that cracked me up uh, in the in the research into this fight. I uh, went to the font of all knowledge, which is Wikipedia, <laughs> and it's, this is a note on her personal life, Joe. Oh, I know what this is coming. Yeah, go on. Well, per- perhaps you don't, um, okay. because this is a, a window into life in in Brazil. Uh, Andrade married her longtime girlfriend Fernanda uh, in 2019. Hmm. And the second part of her personal life, later in 2019, Andrade and Fernanda were robbed at gunpoint <laughs> with their car and mobile phones being stolen in Brazil. Mm. It's rough. It's rough out there, Joe. That's it, is, it is rough out there. Defining I moments. You, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that Andrade said that she made more money from doing OnlyFans than she did from the UFC. But that's uh, that's an image I didn't need to see, Joe. Yeah. Are you going to be signing up for the Francis Ngannou OnlyFans? That's... that's... <laughs> We'll talk about that later. First, <laughs> we will. first, we got to talk about Johnny Walker versus Paul Craig. Now, can I put this out there? This has the potential in January to be the funniest fight of the year already. <laughs> Two meme tier fighters, both can with I, their own unique styles. Can I quote the uh, the Oracle himself, Jack Slack, on Johnny Walker? He said, Johnny Walker left Brazil to move to Ireland to get better at MMA. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sums it up. I mean, we we've seen that in his performances. Uh, not the most well-rounded of fighters. No, no, no. He's he's not well-rounded at all. He's got he does flying stuff, and he's kind of like in that Michelle Pereira way of just like I'll just swing. And although Pereira has evolved, hold on, buddy. That's, that's, that's a discredit. Unfair. Come on, you're triggering me. You're pushing my buttons with that. Pereira, <laughs> he's he's looked pretty good, Joe. He's rounded out his game. Uh, Johnny Walker, I'm not so convinced if he has, although he was able to overcome Jon Kutalaba uh, in his last fight. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Right? Was it the Ryan Spann one where Spann was just like beating him up and then he suddenly turned it round and got the finish? Yeah, that was a crazy barnstorming first round. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, where is this fight going to take place? Just everywhere, I think. I think it'll end up on the ground. It'll be on the feet. Like... I, I... I mean, Walker must know that, like, once Craig goes down, you just stand there and wait for him to get back up. 
it was done. Da- it was damning, Joe. That last fight against Ozdemir, that was a bad look for Paul Craig. <sighs> it was a very weird performance, wasn't it? Very, very. He, I just, mean, it, he had one game plan and he had nothing else. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't even like this isn't working. I've just got to do something else, which is like right. Maybe I just have to bite down and just start throwing something to to throw him well, off. He's, he's got, he's good, got good kicks, Paul Craig. That like, yeah. can be a slight weapon for him, but uh, he's, he was just all too ready to go to the mat and try to invite Volkan down. With him, it was really disappointing. Obviously, Volkan didn't uh, indulge him because we've seen what happens if you do. Mm. Uh, you get humiliated. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you really do. You, as we referenced earlier, he pulled guard on the man who's now fighting for the title early in the first round. Uh, went between submissions off his back. Eventually, yeah. wrapped the arm up and uh, broke his arm and beat his beat his skull like a played like a drum. Uh, yeah. Also, the Ankalaev one, where Ankalaev was dominating him, and Craig actually thought when he was losing that fight, oh like, I'm going to get cut from the UFC. Throws oh up a triangle God. in the last second. Amazing. Amazing. The Krilov one from last year, where, again, Amazing. just carnage. And then he. It's the, that's the thing is that Paul Craig wants carnage to happen, but he needs to be on the ground for it to work. And he does have really strong overhooks. Like, when he gets a hook on you, it really takes a lot to, like, get him off. And I just don't know if, like, Walker... There's a part of me that thinks he's going to get hyped up and then, you know, he's just going to be in the moment. The crowd's going to be cheering his name, you know, and he's just going to he's going to knock Craig down. He's just like, right, I'm going to go down. Huge hammer fist, misses. Next thing you know, he's asleep and waking up in backstage. It's like, what happened? It's just like, you got choked up by Paul Craig, brother. I'm saying, though, there's Tom. Johnny Walker knockout. Joe... I've picked uh, a knockout victory as well. Uh, it's also for Johnny Walker. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's also for Johnny Walker. Look, Joe, Johnny Walker is explosive. He yes. truly is freakishly athletic. Yeah. And he's not an easy man to contain on the mat, let me tell no. you. Um, I, if Paul I just Craig think... had, had one takedown, he could win this fight. It was so. It was such a bad look against Uzdemir. I mean, Johnny Walker. He has access to videotape, TV, television, yes. uh, human communication with coaches. <laughs> he can be reached. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll get through to him, and Johnny will fight. You know, in a relatively restrained way, which means mm. flying knee. Yeah. And and then back off a bit, and then and then go for the finish. It's a knockout for Johnny yeah. Walker. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right, let's talk about the rest of this card, the prelims. Tom, I know what you're about to pick, but what's the fight that you're like, give me some of that? Well, Joe, I have to confess, uh, in my research into this card, I decided the early prelims were not worth my time. Much to my, <laughs> much to my shame, because you mm. since uh, reminded me that Terence McKinney's got an outing. And Cody Stamen uh, fighting some some nomark is also buried deep down in the prelims, but they are not the fights uh, that I'm going to highlight here. Mm. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed in that we've got some good fighters, we've got some guys who are budding, bubbling away, mm. uh, but they've just not got the right matchups. You're talking looking- about uh, Rodriguez here, aren't you? Yeah, he's he's become a favourite here on the pod. Yeah. Um, but I could also be talking about Thiago Moises, who is who's streaking right now, mm. and uh, I I don't know, I yeah, Costa. Yep. Can you can you tell me something? 
Uh, nope. He's right. a lightweight. It's his UFC debut. And he's from Brazil. He's got the um, he's got that skin condition, the sort of... Uh, what's it called? That thing. I'm not... You're leaving me out to, to hang out to dry here. I'm not, I'm not engaging this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's facing uh, uh, Melquisel Costa. I've definitely butchered that name. I'm sorry, mate. Um, I mean, more of a knockout artist than he is a submission threat, based off his record. But this is this is they're having to fill the card here with a last-minute Brazilian fighter. This guy will do. He can make weight. I'm I'm gonna guess maybe he's even like a, a featherweight that's having to move up to lightweight to to make it on time. Um, can I give you the fight that I'm actually quite interested in? Please. Uh, Gabriel Bonfim versus Munir Lazes. Munir Lazes is back, facing Bonfim in his debut. Now, I actually looked at this, and Lazes was an underdog. He's an underdog in this fight. I'm like, let's have a look at this uh, Bonfim. Let's see what he's got. So I go on the YouTube, right? So I get this. I go on the YouTube, and I type in Gabriel Bonfim MMA. And what comes up here is Gabriel Bonfim versus Moiser Cordero, right? Now, Moiser Cordero, let me describe him to you. He's a man who is horseshoe bald and his striking was very bad and Gabriel Bonfim had really nice sort of like technique looking whatever else and then Cordero started cracking him in the face and I was like oh dear this is not looking good what I'm telling you Tom is five pounds Munir Lazez it's happening bro parlay with Jessica Andrade by decision and if you want to be cheeky a Johnny Walker knockout on there as well if you're going to put that as a, a three three fight bet slip there Tom that's that's my bet there because Lazez in his last fight, I was very impressed. Not by his post-fight speech, uh, that was very bad. But <laughs> I thought he looked quite good against uh, Angelusa, and I thought also his win over Abdul Razak Al Hassan was uh, solid as well. Lazez though does have a loss to a man who's also fighting his card, Wally Alves, who is only a slight favourite against Nicholas Dolby. Uh, Dolby. It's disappointed us so many times now that I'm like, I've got to put your money on Alves. But that should be a fun welterweight banger there um, to keep an eye on. Um, anything else you want to big up, Tom? Oh, no. Jailton Almeida. He's back. He's fighting at heavyweight this time against Shamil uh, Abdurakimov. Uh, Jailton, mate, just go light heavyweight. You'd be the champion two weeks. Like, just get in there. Yeah, but needs must. He's, uh, he's rounding out the early prelims, the featured belt there. Another, you know... Fighter with a growing profile who's who's buried deep down on the on the undercard would be a big upset if he lost to Aburakimov. That mm. would that would humble him in in a big way. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I do like a train, Joe. I like a hype train. Yes, uh, very much so as well. And uh, I like this guy. He's just got fun technique. Throws out some interesting stuff. I like him, and uh, he's been finishing fools. Now, Tom, before we get to the news, let's look back slightly. Because uh, we did preview the Strickland versus Imovov card. Let's talk about that main event just very, very quickly. Um, what did you make of that main event? Because it was poor, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, I think, you know, you, you're a hater, Joe. I think you're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you want from Sean Strickland? Like, he started throwing those looping overhands. Yeah. He was more aggressive. He, you yeah. know, he put himself in the firing line more, and he, he was too much. He was too much for your boy, the hotshot from France, Imovov. Yeah. 
And, you know, no arguments about the decision win for Sean Strickland. Came, no. came in three three weeks after a fight he won against Jared Cannonier. I thought he won that fight. No, I don't he, think so. He made the improvements that, or, you know, like we'll call them improvements, like the keys to victory. He was more aggressive, mm. uh, more for the judges to score. I don't know what more you can ask for from Sean Strickland. So I thought it was a good, really, really good showing from him. It was all right. Uh, uh, now, I mean, I'm, I'm not like Joe, Joe, Joe. I'm not saying it was exciting. No, right? It's not going to be exciting. But the man fought three weeks ago. So why do I have to watch him in main events? That's that's the thing. It's just like I know it's going to be boring. And then he does his thing. He has his boring fight. And he's just like, I'm sorry, guys, that was so boring. Ha ha ha. Aren't I random and weird? And they're like, Oh, Sean, aren't you a card? <laughs> Get out my face. Right now, let's talk about this also from the card. Roman Kopilov. Uh, well, we were going to declare him a boy, but I was listening to Jack Slack, and he's already declared him as his boy. It's, so. a, tur- it's a turf war, Joe. I'm not having that. We we, no. we call Kopilov first. Joe, he looked fucking good. Yeah. He Punis- looked woof. Puna Soriano, the only thing he learned from that Lundjambula fight is to gas inside two minutes, because he was <laughs> done, like, straight away. Like, that was dreadful from him. Get him out of the UFC. Piss off to the LFA, mate. It was one Get of those. It was one of those fights. You know, when you're praising a fighter's like toughness, and it's you're like two minutes into the first round, yeah. Uh, and all that he's getting doing is pieced up by <laughs> stiff jabs. My lord. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, like, okay, all right. You can keep telling me how tough this fella is. This ain't going the distance. He is getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, Kobilov looked great, Joe. Yeah. Really, like, really good. Spinning back kick, uh, beautifully timed, and then switched it up, went from head to body, yeah. picked out the weaknesses, crushing body kicks. Yeah. And uh, wow, he looked good. My only concern, Joe, my yeah. only concern about Kopilov is I, I just, I, I just think he can be hurt. Yeah, very much so. He's, yeah, he doesn't quite have the, the but maybe, But maybe he needed these two wins to settle into the, co- to the company to get through it and maybe now he's going to be a bit more comfortable um, fighting within the UFC I mean just to point this out he's had four fights in the UFC his first two were in front of crowds where he lost and he's had two at the apex where he's now won so maybe maybe that apex is a slightly softer landing for him to get going and building some momentum he's at middleweight come on Tom give me something what, what do you want for Kopilov next well, he wants a match-up in the rankings. No, uh, yeah. no you ain't getting that. Uh, I, I'm not sure he's quite there yet. Shabazian? That's an interesting test for both men. Yeah, let's go for that. Now, Tom, let's get to the, the big story, the news. Francis Ngannou has officially left the UFC. And the UFC have booked a heavyweight title fight for March. And it's the return of John Jones at heavyweight. Nearly... It is going to be three years, actually, isn't it, uh, since his last fight uh, where he faced Dominic Reyes, won a contentious decision. He'll be fighting for the vacant title against Cyril Garn. Considering the circumstances, that is the best fight you can make. You've got the big story, which is John Jones coming back, but it's completely overshadowed by Ngannou leaving. Did you watch Ngannou's interview with Ariel Hawani? Now, that is much what must-watch TV for any mm. true fan of... MMA. Uh, no, I, I definitely tuned in for that. I, I'll never forget his interview with Ariel after that win over Garn. Um, mm. He's pretty open and honest. You yeah. know, he will answer the questions. He's not holding the cards close to his chest. 
not going to say you know that 100% I'm on board with with his side necessarily on en- on everything. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there must be a little bit of positive spin. We're all all got, got a bit of a predisposition to that. Yeah. Um, I'm just really upset, Joe. I really um really just agreed. Yeah. It's just it hurts. It hurts because it's just such. There's so many matchups that are really intriguing. It's like big. You know, it's how do I put this? It's like it's defining points in the year you got a mm. francis and garner fight coming up where were you you know yeah, that's that's yeah, where yeah. he is for me and also it's just the the buzz off of a heavyweight title fight is different and then it's francis in a heavyweight title fight it's just it has a different feel to it i mean it wasn't quite at this level but gun versus Nganu. It did have the... And with what we know afterwards, it did kind of start to have the feel of like when Lesnar faced Carwin. Like when you had, oh my word, these two Goliaths are going at it. And if imagine if it was Ngannou versus Jones. Imagine it was that. Imagine they just... They're like, you know what, mate? If you want to go box, that's fine. But you've got to give us the Jones fight first. Then you can go off and box Derek Chisora if you want. I completely get it. But... I mean, honestly, it is such a shame. But the interesting thing about it is what Francis wanted along with his deal. Health insurance for the fighters, sponsorship for the fighters, and maybe most interestingly, a fighter representative at the boardroom level when they make these big decisions. And they said no to all that, so he said no to them. Francis is a man of principles, clearly. And I loved the bit in that interview, by the way, where they said, if you're going to go down this line, look what we did to Randy. Go talk to Randy. So he did. Yeah. He went and spoke to Randy. Obviously, Randy is banned from going to UFC events, which is a disgrace. <laughs> like, an absolute disgrace. Why are you trying to wipe out a significant part of your history like that? Just ridiculous. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. Yeah, well, the other man who's been in the headlines recently is... Uh... Is Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson, one yeah. of the greats of the UFC, who's also been somewhat erased uh, mm. recently. He was out talking about earning thirty thousand dollars for a title fight against Dominic Cruz. Uh, it's it's hard. His to be on board his his, his third title defense against Dodson, thirty to show, thirty to win, and it was on television, so he didn't get pay per view points. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't on pay per view. Like he, he, they, they screwed him over, and he was like, you know. And then when they were like, well, "You want, we want you to fight T.J. Dillashaw," and he's like, "Great, give me a million dollars, and I'll do it." And they're like, "Well, he's being difficult." <laughs> and it's doesn't, like, doesn't want to fight. No, he doesn't want to fight. That's hilarious, by the way. I, and Dana was just like, "Oh, Francis doesn't want to fight," and it's just like he's literally for everyone. Sometimes, multiple times over. Do you think he wanted to fight Curtis Blaze twice? Probably not, but he did it. He beat Cain Velasquez. He beat Jarzinho Rosenstruck. He beat Stipe Miocic, the man who, who humiliated him. And came back and scorched Stipe. I love Stipe Miocic, but he was battered in that fight. And then with, with one knee, he went in there and faced Cyril Garn and beat him. And you're saying, oh, he doesn't want to fight John Jones. I've never heard such numbers. <laughs> Absolutely And mental. people eat it up. Do you know what? What's, I tell you what. Should we do a contest? What's the worst take that you've seen on this Francis thing? 
I've so, uh, that's I mean Christ there's some real candidates in there uh, it, it really runs the gauntlet I don't know if these are UFC trolls if there's some like bot machines like firing out these responses but yeah I mean people talking about him um, being too greedy because he because he wants more more money mm. uh, people talking about yeah that like he's scared of Jones's wrestling um, my God. Ridiculous. This man, he wants to fight Tyson Fury in boxing. He's serious about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, apparently the rumor is is that it's not going to be Fury. It'll be Derek Chisora in April or May. Well, which... well, I hope so. I mean, because fighting Tyson Fury is absurd. <laughs> it's an absurd notion. It's not possible to beat Tyson Fury. No, not if you're him. Not if you're him. Like, that's that's just not going to happen. Well, I don't and know also, if it's possible for any man, Joe. I haven't seen only, it. The only man who I think can do it is Alexander Usyk. And it looks like they may actually be doing Oof. it. And it's like, Francis, I love you, mate. But please don't get in the way of that for us. You can fight Fury afterwards. I mean, Fury is a hilarious man who will do ridiculous fights just for, just for the heck of it. But can I just quote this to you, Tom? This is the worst take that I saw. Was that... Uh, Francis was scared of John's wrestling and in fact if you look at John's recent matchups Francis would have been out wrestled by Anthony Smith <laughs> can you believe that <laughs> Lord. by the way Anthony Smith that was out wrestled by a one legged Jimmy Crew yeah. the, the, yeah. the spectrum of humanity is indeed wide and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean we are a uh, Six billion people in the world, and we don't all fall into the bell curve of normative behaviour. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I will say, I'm not sure how much weight to put on this sticking point being that, you know, Francis was just insistent. The fighters must all have insurance or I will not fight again. He kind of acknowledged in the Helwani fight that he knew that could never happen. Uh, he, He just liked to see it happen. He wanted to advocate for it nonetheless. Um, which brings us to the question of what was the true thing that made him step away. I truly admire him stepping away for whatever reason he thought he was was right. I think that's very brave. Mm. The man is certainly a um, you know a textbook example of walking your own path and owning your own decisions. Mm. Uh, and amazing, very motivational. But uh, is it that they wouldn't let him box in between his UFC contract, or mm. or or is it a money thing? I think maybe it's a bit of both. I mean, you're talking about off... eight, eight million for the Jones fight. But is it was it just for that fight? Because let me quote this: just for to that you. fight. Dillian White against Tyson Fury in a fight that he was never going to win made eleven million for that fight. And you're telling me that Francis is greedy. You said Francis knows his worth, and this is the interesting thing. Now you're saying that he's walking his path. He could fall flat on his face now. And he's willing to take that risk. And it's incredible that he's done it. Like, he could have, in a way, taking that Jones fight and money was the easiest option. And he chose not to do it. Like, I mean, I don't. Joe, I wish you took the deal. I wish you took the deal. Now, you might call me selfish as a, as a fight fan. No, but, that's, uh, that's completely fair. I, I, I And I think, uh, if it is truly 8 million, I think that's a very respectable offer and yes i do believe he can make more elsewhere mm. but but it's not about that it's about like fair compensation i think eight million is reasonable sum of money for a 
for an elite athlete. It's far and away beyond what he was making before. Just $600,000 a fight, by the way, on his old contract. Disgraceful. Um, Yeah, that is is disgraceful. But, you know, how do I... I don't know. Joe, help me to... Help me to rationalize this part of my uh, approach to this. I'm I'm worried about about the fighters getting, I don't know, empowered to such a degree that they pick and choose their own fights, and we don't get the matchups. But the matchups will still happen. It's just that the fighters may, when it comes to the end of their contracts, may just sit and just wait. And it may be the case that, like, you know. Max Holloway doesn't fight for a year because it's like, well, you know, I could go make more money boxing and I could face this guy and make more money doing that. Jack Slack made this point, which is seems to be the case now that the whole point of MMA is build up a great record so that you can then go humiliate yourself and box, which is obviously not what we want. I don't particularly care about these guys boxing, but I will support Francis in what he does next. I would. That's the, that's the next thing is like, do we support this guy? And I will, if he faces Derek Chisora, and I can watch it then I'll watch it. I'll support him. I might not pay for it, but like, you know, I will watch it. Uh, (laughs) um, But I will watch him and support him through this in whatever way I can. But I I don't know. It's, it could open up a fascinating new thing. I, I mean, if the UFC were willing to pay him 8 million, let's say it was 8 million per fight for those three fights that he said, Jones, Stipe, Jones. I mean, the UFC is stupid, by the way. They saw this coming. Like, a couple years ago, when he's facing Rosenstroke, give him a new contract then and say, listen, Francis, you're going to make $4 million a fight. And if, if for certain title fights or whatever else, you'll make $8 million a fight. Why aren't they doing this? It's ridiculous. They can do it. They can afford it. They can afford it. They can afford it for all these guys. And then I think about, like, Tom, let, let me give you this name. Do you know the fighter Jaime Munguia? I do not. He is a middleweight boxer. And I love him. He crushes people. He destroys people. And you don't know who he is. And he makes two and a half to three million per title fight. Jaime Munguia. He is incredible. And he's incredibly underpromoted. But he's paid very well. Why isn't Francis making that money, if not more? It's a complete fumble on the UFC's part. And I respect him for taking this risk. And if he goes and just like, I'll do one fight in Bellator. I'll do a fight in boxing and do this why he could come back to the ufc he could be this looming thing he's this if anything it's this it could be a great thing for the ufc this looming thing of the lineal heavyweight champion yeah and he's like, collected like, belts like, elsewhere well like brock lesnar has stayed in the in the picture you know way mm-hmm. past the, any possibility when he was ever going to fight again still yeah. five years down the line it was like well he's that's the big fight that's still out there yeah Even rumored for ngana at some point ngana did make the point he only started the sport 27 years old yeah he's not fought that much he is a heavyweight mm. he wants to fight into his 40s it doesn't sound that unrealistic i don't think that power's going away joe no it's not no it's not and then also imagine three years down the line the lineal heavyweight champion comes back and he faces tom aspinall the dominant heavyweight champion of the time oh man i'd be loving it all right tom we've only got a couple minutes left let me go through some fight announcements. Yeah! UFC 286 in London has a main event and co-main event set. Did you see this, Tom? Uh, well, we, we're going to get Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. Number three. Praise be. For the title. Co-main event set. Rafael Fazi versus Justin Gaethje. 
in London. Oh my word, splooge. That is Strikers Paradise. Fazeev, heavy favourite already. Minus 250 to Gaethje's plus 220. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Bantamweight, two fights set up. First off, Rob Font versus Adrian Yanis set for UFC 287 in April. Nice fight. Excited to see. Good ranking matchup there. And then a fight night main event set for March. Piotr Jan versus Marab Devashvili in a main event. Whoosh. We've got Sandhagen yeah. versus Vera around about that time as well. We might get a title fight in March as well. March, April. It's lining up perfectly for bantamweight. Tom? That title fight is division. Aljamain facing O'Malley. Is it O'Malley or is it Cejudo? Yet to be, yet to be uh, made clear, yet to be decided. If I'm, if I'm Aljamain, I want, I want Sean O'Malley. I'll tell you that. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Some great fights. Some great fights, and I just hope we. You know, this is the thing. I want to still see these fights, Joe. That's that's the other side of the argument. Um, I want these men to be paid well. Yep. But I want to watch. I, I want to watch them fight, Joe. Those those are some amazing matchups. Yeah, we'll break them down a bit closer to time. Tom, let's go through our picks again for the main card of UFC two eight three. Starting with Johnny Walker versus Paul Craig, we both picked Johnny Walker by decision. No, Jessica and John. hold, hold, hold oh, on. Oh, by knockout. Brother. Sorry. So hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm stumbling, brother. Johnny Walker versus Paul Craig. We both picked Johnny Walker by KO. That is not going to decision at all. What is going to decision is Jessica and versus Lauren Murphy. Can't speak right now. Entrage by decision. We got Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. I've gone for a Burns submission. And uh, what have you gone for? I picked a Burns decision. Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno four for the flyweight title. We've both picked Figueredo by decision. And then in the main event, I went Buckwild, brother. Jamahal Hill will KO Glover Teixeira and win the vacant light heavyweight title. Tom, what have you gone for? Uh, I've done what champs do, Joe. I picked the right option. It's a Glover <laughs> sub. Glover sub. Something that Glover didn't do in his last title fight. Tom, he made a couple of poor decisions. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. You can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment if you wish. Leave a question if you want. Tom, we'll be back next week to break down this card. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Joe. And listeners will be back next week. God bless and Bye, everybody. enjoy the fights. Enjoy the fights, everyone.